I am George Collins. We're continuing our discussion with Neil Scott, the uh, founder of the Ungagged podcast and a Yes Scotland organizer since 2011. And let's talk about getting into when you did relocate to Scotland in um, 1993, if I remember correctly. First of all, like what, what exactly was it that got you to go over to Scotland? And, and also, what was the state of the country at the time? Because this is uh, the time when labor is really starting to drift more to the right in a similar way to the Democratic Party in the United States. So what was what shape was the UK in at the time when you got there? And how did you um, get in with that when you arrived? Right, so I kind of came here by mistake. Um, I had no intention actually coming to Scotland, I've got to say, because when I was when I was twenty five, I, I kind of saw the right. I, I worked in a in a factory. I worked in an office in a factory. I was I I'd, I hadn't done very well at school. I kind of I'd been I'd done well up until I was probably in my final year, and suddenly the world opened up and other things took me kind of away from my studies. But so I, so I, I kind of, I, I worked in lots of different jobs up until I was 25, but one, the one that I, I kind of was in the longest was uh, I worked in a factory, I made shoes, um, I worked in an office there, and I saw the writing on the wall, because um, with Thatcherism, as you know, it's the same, the same that happened in the States with Reaganism, um, industry, you know, heavy industry and industry died, and especially over here, because at that time, even in you know um, the early nineties, late eighties really, and from uh, from the late eighties to early nineties, lots of the the manufacturing uh, things that were happening here were being you know like uh, in our factory, lots of the stitching, for example, was going to Romania of all places. Um, it was cheaper to get people to do it over there, and I could see the writing on the wall, and I thought, right, I need to do something. So I went back to school. And um, at 25, I left my job, which uh, caused a lot of problems at home for a while. But um, I, I decided to leave my job and go back to school. And then I uh, applied for universities. And my intention was to go south, was to go somewhere in England because the weather's better. And that was really my, <laughs> that was my only... Um, hey, guess, guess that Highland uh, weather wasn't, uh, wasn't your jam, huh? Not at all. And, and Northern Ireland, you know, similar weather to really to Scotland as well. I wanted to get away from the rain and I, I thought it would probably end up down the south coast of England. But um, I got a, an offer from Stirling University uh, and it was the hardest one to get into, actually, for the course that I wanted to do. So um, I then thought, well, well, I didn't know anything about Stirling University and I, and I, and I, and I went in fact, I ended up, I, I remember the first day arriving in Stern University, I hadn't even looked at, at brochures, I didn't know what the university campus was going to be like at all when I arrived. And it's a beautiful place, actually. If you ever get a chance to get to Scotland and, um, and have a look around Stirling University, it is an amazing campus. It's right by, you know, some mountains um, in the middle of like a, a beautiful, like a really lovely plain. It's not, I mean, it's about 30 miles from where I'm sitting now. And it's, it's just, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful place. It was a wonderful place, but it was, um, it was a campus university out in the middle of nowhere, really. So everybody who came were, um, you know, you're, you're kind of, it was like a village. So you got to know people pretty well. And um, the people I got to know were very political, extremely political. 
and, and left wing, I guess we kind of birds of a feather flock together. And um, you know, I learned a lot actually about about British politics in the even just in the first year that I was here. And um, so the Scotland I came to, um, you know, asked about that. The Scotland I came to um, shocked me. I've got to say because coming from a Northern Ireland where lots, I mean, the troubles were still you know raging, but lots had changed in that time because. I mean, there'd been lots of institutions set up to try to combat sectarianism, to combat the housing problems and all that sort of thing. So, so Northern Ireland, when I when I came over to Scotland and, and Glasgow in particular, friends in Glasgow, I was shocked at actually the way that, you know, people lived. Um, just the, you know, the high-rise flats and just the state of them, really. Um, it was quite shocking, actually. You know, after and, and, and I had worked in Belfast and in some of the um, in, in some of the areas, some of the you know troubled areas. I'd you know I'd worked um, for a while there as well, and I'd never seen really um, poverty um, like a, like I saw in, in, in Glasgow when I arrived. Is is and this um, just for for folks who? may not know the history is this really around the time of like uh, like the heroin epidemic and like when yes. a lot of that was really ravaging the city yeah absolutely in fact I, I, to my embarrassment i remember there was a guy who i knew who was brought up in um the gorbals which was a really hard area in glasgow i mean if you visit glasgow now the gorbals actually has been almost been gentrified not quite it's, it's still a working class area but it's it's not what it was, but um, it, he had been brought up there and he told me about, I remember him telling me about, he was telling me and others, there was a group of us, he was telling us about, um, you know, his friends getting getting addicted to heroin and getting um, you know, people he knew dying and all that sort of thing. And I actually thought, because it sounded so dramatic, I thought he was making this up. Um, and it wasn't really until... You know, like shortly after that, there was a friend of mine from another, you know, area that's just recently been um, cleared, actually, that um, knocked down the, the high rise, a place called Sight Hill. Uh, I went to stay in Sight Hill with this friend and I saw it firsthand and I couldn't believe it. It was quite shocking, really. I came from a small town in Northern Ireland and at the time, drugs, both sides at, the, at that time, at that particular time, both sides, the, 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 te- the, the you know, the ter- terrorist groups kept drugs out of Northern Ireland pretty much. So well, if, if there's one thing we can agree on, guys, it's it's no smack in this neighborhood. Yeah, that's it. So they, so they, 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 did, um, they did manage to do that. If, if there was one positive from what they were doing, it was that they kept drugs for a long time out of Northern Ireland. So I was coming into this situation that I'd never experienced before, never seen, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was quite shocking. Uh, um, as a matter of fact, when I when I first when I first arrived and first saw Glasgow for what for the first time, really. And so, what um, when when you do get into university in Scotland, um, and you've talked about that you're hooking up with other progressives, what are what are some of the causes that really first um, draw your eye when you uh, when you arrive? Okay, so at the time, um, 
Now, I'd kind of had forewarning of it a little bit because my sister came over and studied in, in, in Glasgow and she was here when the, um, there was a, a, a time during uh, Thatcher's reign, let's call it, um, when she introduced a thing called the poll tax, which was a flat tax on everyone. So rich and poor paid the same. So you can imagine um, some of the, the, you know, people in um, some of the worst parts of Glasgow were having to find the same amount of money to pay this tax than, you know, aristocrats, you know, than, than millionaires. It was a flat tax. So there was a, a, a huge move against it. So, so Thatcher actually introduced it to Scotland first as a, an experiment. So there was a, a, a thing called the... Um, the poll tax federation was set up between progressive groups from ranging from anarchists all the way through Labour Party activists and um, what was called the militant tendency who, who had been a part of the Labour Party but were expelled for being too, I suppose, left wing. And um, so the, the, this poll tax federation was set up and you know, they had demonstrations and my sister was part of this when she was here. And then um, there was a there was a what became known as the poll tax riots when um, it all came together in London and there was a huge big riot in London. I think I can't remember what year that was. Um, George, you need to maybe look that up. It was the early nineties, anyway. And uh, so, so all of that was kind of going on, and the, the um, and when it was, we were just when I came over, you know, Thatcher had been deposed. I think maybe the year before, two years before, just over a year before maybe, and John Major was in power and he was kind of um, pretend, in some ways pretending to be less radical than Thatcher had been, but at the same time still lots of these really radical Thatcherite things were still going on around us. So it was really in that, and, and, and so the, the, the group of people that I got to know I mean, there was a couple of them were um, what were called uh, Socialist Workers Party, um, you know, international socialist type people. And there were militant tendency people. There were Labour Party people as well, which was interesting actually seeing, seeing them and how the Labour Party were, you know, moving to the right because it was moving to the right and there were, you know, they were radicalising young labor activists to move to the right it was interesting watching that happen watching that process happen because i went over to scotland you know with full intention of joining the labor party because i'd you know it was it was kind of glamorous you know um billy bragg and all those people had been involved mm-hmm. uh, if you know you know and um, folk singer and whatever and there was a, a movement called red wedge that had you know been throughout the 80s and into the 90s that um, lots of you know music, and you know was centered around all the sort of music that I liked, and it just seemed you know really radical from a Northern Irish perspective. But then coming over, finding that actually the right wing were taking it over, and um, yeah, and they were moving towards you know I guess they were moving towards the, what became Blairism at that time. So, but but all of these conversations were going on every single day, at, you know. You know, in kitchens at the university because we all we all lived on campus in our kitchens and in our 
you know, at our lecture halls and whatever, there's all this sort of like, because, you know, one thing that if you ever do come over, you'll find that um, Scotland is particularly left wing compared to other parts of the, the UK. So all of most of the conversations that you'll find are degrees of, you know, progress, progressive um, politics um, to the point where I do remember at university, there was a guy in our corridor who he was a, an amicable kind of a guy. He, he, he had been, his family had been from Scotland, but he had been brought up in, in Norwich down in England. And, um, but when we were talking about politics, he always seemed to leave. I always wondered why. And then someone said, I remember someone saying to me, oh, he, he was called Nick. Nick's the president of the Conservative Party um, club or whatever in, in, uh, you know, in, in the university. And I was like, what? He's conservative, he's a Tory. And I couldn't believe it because even as a Northern Irish Union, you know, well, it wasn't a unionist, Northern Irish, you know, pro, you know, Protestant coming from that area, you know, no one liked Thatcher. Even the unionists in Northern Ireland didn't like Thatcher. And I was like, you know, at the, at the time I was thinking, that's, that's evil. <laughs> so, you know, Tories were embarrassed even to be Tories and still are in, in Scotland. It's kind of a, it's not something that people go on the streets with and let people know that they're a Tory. So, you know, all the conversations that we had and all of the um, activity that we had, political activity that we had in, in university at that time in Stirling was degrees of, of leftism, I suppose. Well, and it's, it's something that I have come to notice in the past couple of years. It was actually a, um, a really great Guardian piece. I believe it was in The Guardian a couple of years ago. Uh, right around the time that um, Boris Johnson became prime minister, where they talked about how, because his background, if I'm not mistaken, at least education wise, is like the, you know, the Eton and, and Oxford and that whole streak. And the, and the point that this piece was making was that so many segments of at least the, the English ruling class and the political class come out of that ilk. And it's very apparent in the way that they talk and the way that parliament's conducted. I mean, I remember once list, I, when I would watch uh, footage of parliamentary meetings, and it's just like, you know, people are jeering and stuff like that. And it's just, and, and that's when it clicked. It's like, God damn, this actually does sound like a schoolyard right now. Yeah. And it's, it's very notable that uh, Nicola Sturgeon, the, uh, the Scottish PM right now really does not have that, that air. Not in, not in her speech, not in her presence or anything. There is a, at least from an outsider perspective, there's a very clear divide in line, it seems, between how even the Scottish Tories carry themselves and some of the more even centrist portions of the English political class. Yeah, the, I mean, it is really quite an alien. The, 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 that whole Westminster, Etonian thing is such an alien thing. It's why, I mean... Blair stayed in power for so long because, you know, he came from that kind of circle as well. And, um, you know, so he, you know, he was one of theirs. Um, yeah, so, so he, did, he, he, he didn't threaten the, um, I suppose, the, you know, the, the, the aristocracy. He didn't, he didn't um, or the aristocracy, sorry, I was... Um, pronounce that word. I, I pronounce that word in a very North Northern Irish way, actually. But <laughs> um, yeah, so 
it's, it's a very alien thing to hear. That's the, the whole, um, that, that's what I want to um, kind of, you know, if, if you know, any Americans are, are, are listening to this, you know, I want to stress that the SNP are not the Scottish Nationalist Party, the Scottish National Party, they're not, you know, most of us, and, and by the way, can I, I I'm going to uh, say uh, this and I make this announcement, I suppose, now. Um, I was in the Scottish Socialist Party up until 2015, and then I haven't been involved in any party until two weeks ago mm. when I, um, I joined the SNP. And the reason why I joined the SNP, um, and, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not at all, I, I, I still, I don't see myself as a party person, but I thought I would join, number one, to give some cash to the party that will you know, bring us independence. Um, but it's, it's, actually, you, you touched on Nicola Sturgeon, and Nicola Sturgeon, as, as someone who work, works in the public sector here, is, you know, doing things um, in Scotland, her and the people around her are doing things in Scotland that are quite incredible, really, for the limited, you know, resources that they have. But there's a real change in Scotland. You know, when you... Uh, um, you talked about, and uh, you know, you sent me a little um, thing, a little thing with some some questions um, earlier, and you, you talked about maybe the um, what was it you called it the the Scottish? Um, sorry, I'll just look at it here. <laughs> the the self deprecation, and and you were right. You you hit the nail on the head with that. You you know you, you asked about um, this thing called the Scottish dep- you know deprecation and. That's changing. Um, when I came, it bought, there was self-deprecation to the point of, um, you know, flagellation. Uh, really, they it was, you know, it was almost like, well, what they do down there, they know best. That's completely flipped. You know, the confidence that I see, even since I know that, um, the, you know, in two thousand and fourteen. We lost the, 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 the referendum, but the confidence that's built since then, if you, if, if you think back to 2011, when the campaign kind of just stuttered to a start, really, um, independent, the support for independence was at about 21% in 2011, and it rose through that campaign two weeks before there was a poll, and it was at 51%. Um, and, and, you know, even though we lost the referendum, that kind of confidence, that kind of, well, wait a minute, maybe we can, like, like you know, uh, yes, we can thing that happened in yeah. America a few years ago. That's kind of the, the, the confidence that I see happening around me, you know, in Scotland now. Um, it's kind of, there is a difference here in, uh, over the past up and here you know, since 93, there is a real difference in the character that mm-hmm. I've seen uh, since then. And I can't remember where I was going with that, George, so you'll maybe have to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually a great segue um, right into the next segment there. So we'll just we'll go and roll with it. Uh, we'll be back with World B in just a second. Stay tuned. <laughs> 